Welcome to Secrets to Victorious Living podcast. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. I'm Lucia Claiborne. Thank you for joining me today as we discover God's secrets to help you overcome life's challenges. This will help you become victorious in every area of your life. Today's your day to start walking in and experiencing a greater level of victory. If we're going to live a victorious life, a great place to start on that journey is to recognize the characteristics of love and evaluate the way we love other people, or what I like to call our love walk. Galatians 5, 6 tells us, For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit of being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Faith is the hand that receives from God, and the Bible tells us that faith works by love. As I was thinking about why faith doesn't produce for some people, I came to the realization it's because they don't have a full understanding of what God's Word says. If they knew what the Word says, they would want to do what the Word tells us to do, because faith that works by love will measure up to all the standards given in the Word of God. I believe it's important for us to not only know the Word, but confess the promises in the Word of God that belong to us. And more importantly, we need to be aware of how we're living our everyday lives. We can become so accustomed to doing things in the natural that we never realize these things are hindering us spiritually. Things like losing our temper, speaking harsh words, or being accountable to do the things we say we're going to do, just to mention a few. The best part of a relationship with Holy Spirit is that He will gently guide you in the way that you should go, reveal the changes that you need to make in your heart, as well as the hurts and the pain that you need to let go of so they don't become a root of bitterness in your life. If we're going to make our faith strong and live a victorious life, We need to start with a firm foundation, and that foundation begins with love. If we're going to grow and mature as a Christian, we must learn the fundamentals of love from the Word of God, begin meditating those scriptures to build our faith walk in love, and then put them to work in our lives. I would like to encourage you to consume a consistent daily dose of verses that will help you grow your love and combine them with the guidance of Holy Spirit to show you the best way to love yourself first and then love others. The kind of love I'm talking about is the love that will take God's Word and speak it with faith, which will in turn make you a powerhouse for God. As you do this, nothing will be able to stop you. You'll soar over every obstacle the devil tries to bring your way. And as you keep praising Jesus, you'll begin to see positive things happen in your life as you conquer every mountain and go from glory to glory. Let's look at the characteristics of love. Proverbs 10.12 says, Love covers all sin. 1 Peter 4.8 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Now, if we put these two verses together, they say, Love covers all sins, even when there is a multitude of them. The real, genuine love of God will cover more sins than we can ever name. 
That's genuine love in action that we see from John 3.16, which is our great example. It says, For this is how much God loved the world. He gave His one and only unique Son as a gift. That's the first area of love God dealt with. He covers our multitude of sins. We don't have to drag up all our old sins when we talk to other people because it will not only bring condemnation to our heart, but it will also bring all the painful emotions that are tied to that sin. And we don't need to remind God of our past sins once we've asked Him to forgive us because He's already put them in the sea of forgetfulness and He doesn't remember them until we bring them up. And then... He may ask you like he asked me when I kept going to him to ask for forgiveness for the same sin. He said, wasn't Jesus's shed blood enough to pay for and cover your sins the first time you asked me? Well, it certainly is. In Galatians 6.1, we read, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. The first thing most people want to do when they hear of someone being overtaken in a sin is to reach for their cell phone. They don't want to cover their sins with love and silence it or restore that individual. They want to expose that person and magnify their faults or mess-ups. If we don't operate in the fullness of love and cover other people's sins and help restore them in love, then our faith will not operate in its full capacity. We can learn about God's love from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 7 says, Love bears all things. And another version reads, Love covers all things with silence. God is saying that love not only hides the sin and evils of others, but it refuses to speak of them. If we tell all the faults or evils someone else has done, or we criticize, judge, condemn, or murmur against them, we're proving we're not walking in love because love covers with silence. Jesus showed perfect love when he forgave those who were responsible for sending him to the cross. In Luke 23, 34, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. While the God kind of love covers the sins of others with silence, it doesn't cover our sins and wrongdoings with silence. We need to humble ourselves and confess our sins to God because Proverbs 28:13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. How often do we put God's plan in reverse? We want to use love to cover up our own wrongdoings, and we want to expose someone else's shortcomings. Many times we rationalize this by saying, Oh, I'm not condemning them. I'm merely making an observation. Then we turn around and say, Oh, I'm confessing that the Lord is going to meet all my needs. I've been there more times than I'd like to admit, so I'm certainly not going to point any fingers today. But I've learned the hard way that I can forget about making my faith confessions, and I'll have to find my own way to make things work and get my needs met. Because as I judged and complained, I cut off the lifeline between God and myself because I violated the law of love. 
We also read in verse 4 of chapter 13 that love suffers long and is kind. It doesn't envy, doesn't parade itself, and isn't puffed up. This verse tells us that love works by being kind, even under long, continued, deep suffering that's brought on by someone else or by unkind words spoken about you. I've learned that if I'm going to maintain any kind of faith walk, I've got to lay down my carnal nature, and the only way I can do that is to let the love of God work in me. The next characteristic of love in verse 4 is that love doesn't envy. Love doesn't desire position, honor, power, benefits, favor, or blessings that belong to someone else. Rather, love is more interested in what it can do to help others get what they want. As we begin to operate in the realm of love, we can't help but receive what we want from God. When we get revelation that God has more than enough blessings to go around for everyone, we don't have to envy what other people have because we know He has special overflow blessings with our names on them. And when we're involved with helping someone overcome or get what they want, we will be promoted and get what we want at the same time. The last characteristic of love in verse 4 is that it isn't puffed up, which means we don't think more highly of ourselves than what we should. Love doesn't think, I know more than that other person. Instead, love gets behind that person and does what it needs to do to help that person look good. Another characteristic of love is that love doesn't seek its own. Romans 12.10 in the Passion Translation tells us, Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Love is interested in helping others, so when we get so wrapped up in preferring others and unselfishly helping them obtain the blessings that they want, we forget about ourselves. That's when we'll find honor, success, and promotion in our lives. The next characteristic of love is found in verse 5, which tells us, Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. And that's in the Passion Translation. As we read on, the next characteristic of love is that love thinks no evil. As I said earlier, love covers evil with silence and doesn't speak of it. Love also refuses to think about it. Sometimes we can't help what we overhear, but we can refuse to repeat it or think about it. Love thinks on the truth the good, and the lovely. Paul addresses this in Philippians 4.8 when he says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The last characteristic that we're going to talk about is that Love endures all things. None of us want to suffer and endure. But in this case, endure means that we go through all kinds of trying, hurtful, evil, slanderous experiences calmly, sweetly, silently, lovingly, and uncomplainingly, as if they weren't even happening. We keep our eyes on Jesus and the victory that He paid the price for us to walk in endures all things 
means putting up with just about anything. We can be assured we have a mature love walk when we can endure all things. As you strive to perfect your love walk by taking on the characteristics of 1 Corinthians 13, your faith will become strong and you will see more results leading you to victory as you pray. God has imparted His love to us, and as we learn to operate in the law of love, the law of faith works. You may be asking yourself, where do I begin to perfect my love walk? I would suggest you find a place to start showing more love in your family first. And then, it may be helping someone you wouldn't normally help. It may be giving to others instead of always trying to get something from other people. Love gives and continues giving beyond those self-imposed limitations. As you grow and mature in your love walk for others, you'll also have to grow in the love of yourself. You'll have to learn to love yourself more. Not being arrogant, but really loving yourself. Now, you can be arrogant and still not love yourself or think highly of yourself. But in order to give love, your heart has to be full of love because you can't give away what you don't have. We have to love ourselves and actually believe that we're worthy of having God's best before we can love others the way that God wants us to. Jesus showed ultimate love in John 13, 26, when he took a piece of bread at the Last Supper, dipped it into the common dish, and fed it to Judas with his own fingers, knowing that he was going to betray him. According to the customs of that day, the highest act of love one could show was to feed bread with their fingers to a friend. Two more demonstrations of Jesus' love are seen in Matthew 23:37 and in Mark 16:7. I'll read from Matthew 23:37, which says, "When he wept over Jerusalem, This was the city that had persecuted Jesus more than any other city. It was the city that he loved more than any other city. And then the second demonstration is when Jesus honored and loved Peter, even after he denied knowing him three times. Jesus distinguished Peter from the other disciples in the message the angel delivered to them in Mark 16, 7, which says, Go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter. He wanted Peter to know that he still loved him. The God kind of love spills over into every area of our lives as we get our actions lined up with God's word and guard our tongue. Then we'll find our love walk becomes automatic. We'll cover others' sins by praying for them and helping them get restoration in their life. Then, when someone tries to provoke us and we feel that old nature that starts to rise up on the inside of us, we'll find ourselves praising God, walking in love, defeating the enemy's attacks, all of which lead us to walking in victory. As you perfect your love walk with the characteristics of love from 1 Corinthians 13, you'll wake up one morning and realize that God's blessings are coming on every realm. Promotions are here. Money that you've been needing has arrived. And everything that you've been believing God for is coming to you. You realize your faith is stronger because you're walking in love. And you're not striving to make all these blessings manifest. They're just happening automatically because you're walking in love. As I close today, I invite you to visit LuciaClaiborne.com for resources and faith confessions to help you live a victorious life. And remember... With God, all things are possible. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. 
and He created you to walk in victory every day of your life. Be sure to listen in next week as I finish our series on perfecting our love life.